You're listening to the No Name Photo Show. It's not spouse approved. It may or may not be safe for work. We'll see. And now here's your host, Brian Matias, and me, Sharky James. So, Brian, here we are, episode 18. We have octodecupled our episode output. Nice. I mean, did you ever think we would octodecupled? I can't speak. <laughs> have you ever thought we would octodecupled our episode output? I did, actually. It's funny you mentioned that. You were just thinking about that. I'm closing in on like 240 episodes of the Petapixel Photography Podcast. There you go. Got that in there. <laughs> so 18. I mean, come on. We have a long way to go to catch up with me. But we're doing, I think we're doing really well. Most podcasts peter out at like seven. So Okay. So we, we're past that threshold. We definitely are. Anyways, t- tell us what's on today's episode. People Fine. don't care about the damn couples. Oh, you're so mean. So today's episode... The general theme of the episode is quality versus quantity. And the first topic is, uh, this was an interesting one that you brought up in that, uh, so the the photo sharing website, 500px, or I don't know, what, what, do you call it 500px or 500 pixels? I believe Yevgeny Chabotarov, I believe that's his name, it says it's 500px. Okay, so 500px, um, apparently this isn't, this wasn't new, it just someone picked up on it recently and it's made a new cycle the 500 px has changed their weekly upload threshold or their limit for for free accounts their non-awesome accounts uh, awesome is their uh, premium account to seven from i think 20 correct instead of being able to upload 20 photos a week you're limited to seven so we're going to talk about that and, and there's actually a good amount that we can talk about with that second topic again quality versus quantity Back in the day, Sharky, you and I would get our news, photo news, we'd get them from magazines, you know, um, before the the rise of these super blogs like Petapixel and F-Stoppers and, and DP Review. That was our trusted source. And now we have, you know, where before you'd, uh, once a month we get our magazines and finite stories. Now we're getting inundated. So talk about that and how that's kind of shaped media and how we learn about things. So Sharky, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Super. So, Sharky, do you use 500px? I do not. I might have created an account way, way back, but if I did, I definitely did not use it. I don't know how many people use 500px. Hundreds of thousands, probably. And the whole crux behind 500px was a place to put your best work, to stop, to think, and go, you know, it's more like a not a a formal portfolio site, but a site where you wanted to showcase... And I know there's seems like it's the same thing, but showcase your work to go to find work to be inspired. And now you can sell your work through it, et cetera. But over the years, myself and as well as 500px agree that it's kind of gotten off track a little bit and people started putting too much up. They weren't as considered when it came to picking their best work. And so that has changed. And so we just picked up on it recently, a couple of weeks back or so at Petapixel. And Back in July, early July of 2017, they went from 20 to only seven a week for the free accounts that you can upload. You know, some people might think, well, they're trying to just save money, whatever. I don't think it's that at all. I think I believe the, I was going to say excuse, I believe the reason they gave, and that was to get back on track and to make things a little bit more, especially with free accounts. When you're paying money, you think a little bit more about things like, okay, what do, First of all, why do I need to pay money for 500px when there's a free account? Well, I need to be able to upload more. I need these other features, etc. So when you offer things free, it's kind of a free for all. You know, it's a people will start using it as a dumping ground for their photos. 
and they don't care as much. And so they're forcing you to care by making it so you can only upload seven a week now. And I think that's great. I agree. We talked about this before, but the photographer with pseudonym of Thomas Hawk, you know, he made his, I would say he made his, um, found his, you know, initial five minutes in sunlight by this claim years ago that he's going to post a million, one million photos to Flickr. That always struck me as odd because I don't, other than it being a, an arbitrary, you know, giant round number, I never really understood what the point was there. I, you know, there's being prolific and then there's just vomiting out photos, churning them out. Like it's, you know, it's not to say that people haven't taken a million photos, but to be able to call through a million photos and share them, I don't see how anyone benefits from that. And let me read to you, Sharky. Um, this is the response that 500px gave, and it's on the Petapixel article that broke the story, and we're going to share that in the show notes at nodamephotoshow.com. But uh, this is the response. We've heard from our many users the desire to see an even higher level of quality of photos on our platform. At 500px, we constantly strive to showcase the very best photos from our community. We have always encouraged our users to share their very best and to focus on quality over quantity. With that said, we've decided to take the extra step of lowering our upload limit for free users from 20 to 7 per week. Based on our analysis, this should impact a small minority of users and benefit the entire community. And then just to kind of compare that for a premium account, they can go, the premium account's limited to a maximum of 1,000 new photos per week. So from 7 to 1,000. Just like you said, I don't see the point. I love the idea of one image per day. I think there's uh, mentally a lot of people can get around that. I think it harks back to one image a day. People would post a new image every day for a year. Uh, you know, it's 365 stuff, which I did for almost two years. I don't see personally, I don't see how anyone can benefit the, the photographer or the audience, the network from getting an onslaught of photos uploaded. You know, I don't necessarily see 500px as a repository, like an, a cloud backup of my photos. I see that, like you said, well, that was the thing about 500px, right, Sharky? When it first came out, you go to the photos and you're like, oh man, these are, I mean, of course, there are a lot of boobies and stuff, but there's also some stunning, stunning photography. That's how it was back in the day. And then, I mean, like I said on my show, I think it was episode, I think it was 235 of my show. Maybe you don't need to put up four photos of that model in front of your classic Mustang when one, your best shot would do. Now, you bring up something important here. Those 365-day projects, those are difficult to do. Most people wash out of that. They get like two weeks in, if that, and they're gone. So if you've got a photo a day that you've shot and you've edited, and you can put that up, that's great. Why would you need 20 a week? That's almost, you know, 21 would be three times that. So three photos a day, like really, seriously, like how? How's that? I don't even understand how that's possible. Do you work? Do you have a family? I don't, so at that point, it just by, almost by definition, just becomes stupid. I don't, it's stupid. Seven might even be too much. I totally agree. I think one a day as a maximum is a great thing. And I, and I, Personally, I applaud 500px, whether that's the actual reason or the PR reason. Well, they contradict themselves at the end. They say that it's going to affect very few people. And that might be just to be like, well, okay, you know, don't freak out about it. But still, so if it doesn't, if it doesn't affect many people, why are they doing it? You know, I can take the devil's advocate side, or at least I would like to see someone take the devil's advocate side and tell me what the need is to upload 
like you said, even if I, okay, if I went out and I got a, you know, a, a handful, like, okay, a month and a half, two months ago, I went home to New York. Nicole and I walked around Chinatown and I built this body of work. I would say about 12 or 13 photos from an evening walking around Chinatown that I'm really happy with. It would never, ever dawn on me to upload all of them at once, anywhere, 500px or anywhere. I personally will always upload one photo to each of the major networks a day when I can. That's why I use a service called Buffer, which I, they don't sponsor us or anything. We're not paid by them. I love Buffer, and we can talk about that another time. Well, but this is because you have an audience to serve. But if you, just for efficiency's sake, if you're editing your photos and you've got 13, 14 photos, having to go, okay... I need to put up seven now and then I got to set an alarm on my phone or whatever for next Tuesday and put up the other seven. It's not as efficient. So from that perspective, why would you want to put seven photos up at any given time? When people hit the site and see them, you want them to see 500 PX. You want them to see all your photos. No one's going there daily looking at your photos. That's a fair point, actually. Okay. I understand that for me. I, I guess I never looked at it that way. Well, it's because, like I said, you've got an audience to serve. You've got a blog. You've got Matias.com. There's your plug. Done. Thank you. And so (laughs) you're welcome. And so you have an audience to serve. Sure. You know, so so you need to be able to drill out content over time, whereas your average photographer, most people that are using 500px, they might sit down on a weekend and edit their photos from their visit to the Grand Tetons. There you go. It's been a few episodes. Some guy's like, oh, I hate that. That's okay. We did it anyhow. But you know what I'm saying? So you might on a Saturday or Sunday go through and edit all those and you might have 50 photos. So now if you want to put those on 500px, is that if that's where you want those photos to live and you don't want to pony up any money because you know you got to send the kids to college, etc. So you have to save money as you go. That's fine. And this is not what you do for a living. You just want to put those up on 500px. You then have to put up seven today, seven in a week from now, seven after that. And that just takes some patience and that's going to frustrate people, but that it is what it is. So that's the argument right there. Not everybody is Brian Matias and has your needs, You're, you know, right? Or Nicole Z. There's comparatively very few people that do what you do. The vast majority of people do not. I guess I'm not going to say you're wrong because I don't think so, but I also don't necessarily believe that that is the right course of action. And which is, I think 500px is in the same boat, which is why they're kind of imposing uh, this kind of cap. I don't know. For me, the way I see it, you want to take people on a journey. You don't want to, you know, it's more of a, was it like the, the analogy of like not a fire hose? You want it to be kind of like a gentle stream. And I get it if you don't have the time every day, but there are tools that people can use that are also free that can allow you to schedule or stagger your sharing. Plus, 500px and all these sites, they have their own algorithms. And I'm sure that there is a, a signal when you upload a bunch of photos at once, that signal will, it'll just decide, let's say you upload 10 photos, for example. The algorithm is going to decide which of those 10 photos to service in the stream because all of these networks now, they're not just chronological. They select based on various indicators. Whereas, so if I upload just one photo, I mean, that's telling the algorithm, all right, this is the photo for this particular time frame. And I know like with Instagram, Instagram, I believe you get docked, like you shouldn't upload a bunch of photos at once. So maybe 500px is onto something. I think so. I think, I don't think it has 
much to do with the money equation. I think it has to do exactly with what... And I'm very cynical, as you know. I always find the pain points. I try to cut through the BS. I believe them when they say that they want to get it back to more quality. Because look at Flickr, for instance. You get a terabyte for free, and there's no upload on the rate at which you can upload. So you could put... I don't know how many photos a terabyte is. Let's just say it's 2,000 photos, just for argument's sake. You could upload those all at once if you want. Right. And like I said in my show, you could look at all 58 photos of someone's cat shot at the same time on the couch, not moving. And that's what people do. It, it just becomes a just dumpster of photos. It's where you put your photos just because it's a backup. You just don't care. 500 PX is a little bit more considered. And I think they agree things got a little bit off the rails as far as the quality of the stuff that was being put up there. It wasn't being seen like it used to be. Mm hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like going to your favorite restaurant. And you're like, wow, things have really changed. Yeah. All of a sudden there's like a dollar menu. Exactly. They're getting things back to quality over quantity. And then so this rolls into my thinking about when you put photos up on your own personal website, not yours, not Matias.com. There you go. Done. Number two. How many photos or just on Facebook? Let's say you're a professional photographer. I see some photographers and I'm friends with some of them who put up, I think, in my opinion, too many photos. You don't need to put up the entire shoot. If it says, like on, on Facebook, you'll see the little block and you'll see photo, 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 and then it'll say like plus 78. When I see that, I think, did they put up every single photo they edited? Right. Did they really need to do that? Probably not. You want to put up your best work. You don't want to look prolific. You want to look like you know what you're doing. Absolutely. And you also, it, what it tells me is that you don't really understand the kind of concept of sharing your photos on social media, people have infinitesimally small attention spans. And it's not necessarily... What were you saying? <laughs> there you go. That's good. not a dad joke. That was just like a, a straight up interruption. Go ahead. That was good. That was good though. No, but it's true. The currency that people trade on social media is attention. It's time. And if you're going to put up 80 photos and you're going to litter my stream like that, that's going to send a signal to me and again, I'm, this is me. This is not, this could be totally different for someone else. But for me, like I have absolutely no inclination of wanting to look at all of these photos. Show me your best one. Show me another one tomorrow. So yeah, I mean, to me, I, I never understood that kind of bulk upload. It's the equivalent of, okay, so I'm going to be 47 this January. It's the equivalent of when I was a kid, when your Uncle Bob and your Aunt Judy go to Bora Bora for vacation and they come back and they make you watch a slideshow, they got the carousel. When you see that carousel come out and it has like 200 slides in it, you know that say goodbye to the next three hours of your life. And that's what it is for people now. They're putting up too many photos. But as far as you know, just the people that are listening to this show and my show, they're more serious about photography, you know, because they're trying to get more information. And they're hopefully not putting up too many photos. So just assess what you're doing. Am I putting up too much? Right. You don't want to be known as the guy or the gal who puts up every single darn photo that they shoot. Maybe a couple, two, let's say two from a shoot or spread it out over time. Like I did a shoot in my backyard here with my daughter. I got the big Ellen Chrome giant Octa and all that out. It's huge, big, beautiful, gorgeous light. I put up one photo. Now, eventually I'll put up another one. Exactly. And a lot of it's time, but also I don't want to put 18 photos up of the same thing. Exactly. And I think you made the point 
if this is just a person who is sharing all their photos with their family and their friends and they're this they're not really kind of sharing their strong work is not a consideration do this you're probably not our audience and that's the important thing i i agree with you i believe the audience that's listening to these shows this is the kind of feedback or this is you know i think it's important not necessarily to you know where you you want to think about what photo you're sharing and then also not just like what photo you're sharing but what photo you shared yesterday is there a consistent theme you know how you're sharing you know are you telling a story there's a lot to that and that gets diluted when you share too much um when what i mean too much is too many photos at once it's just the the system will suppress that too arguably as a photographer i wouldn't want Let's say I share, you know, Brian Matias shares a post. It goes to Sharky in your Facebook stream. And I don't want it to have four small thumbnails and then a plus 76. I want there to be one photo. It's right there. You click it. It opens in a light box view. You're done. And then you move on. To me, that is a much more enjoyable, you know, experience. And again, it goes to the whole limited attention span, the limited time that anyone spends on a given post. There's only one photo. I make it easy for you. You just watch it, consume it, enjoy it, maybe like it, comment, move on. Know your audience and be respectful of their time. Think about how you consume. When I get an email from, you know, I, okay, so as my show has gotten more popular, there's more data points, right? So I get more messages, more emails, etc. If I get an email that's 5,000 paragraphs long, I may not read it. I've responded back to people nicely and I don't even say, I don't say TLDR, you know, too long, didn't read. I'm just like, can you please summarize this for me? Because I don't have the time. I just don't. I'm a busy guy. I work 14 to 16 hour days. I barely see my family as it is. And then the longer an email is, if you're going to read it and you're going to respond to it, it's going to require a longer response. And then you get a long response back. So be respectful of people's time. Think about that when you post your photos. You know, if you have a new baby, that's fine. But we're not talking about that sort of thing. As photographers, if you're out there shooting, let's say you go to the Grand Tetons. Twice. Do you want to put them up all at once? Put put up one or two today, and then next week, put up another couple or so. Spread it out. Otherwise, you just blow it all at once, and then you have nothing for a while. So you want to drill it out over time. Schedule it if you can. Otherwise, you know, there's Hootsuite and whatever. Mm-hmm. They're not sponsoring us either. Either. So, you know, just be just be respectful of people's time with that. Excellent. All right, Sharky. I think we uh, we got that topic kind of buttoned up and moving on again, kind of, I guess, respectful of people's time. Also, just the whole quality versus quantity thing. Our show and your show, the Petapixel Photography Podcast. There you go. Done. <laughs> and our show, the No Name Photo Show, rely very heavily, uh, almost exclusively, I would say, on the happenings in our industry. Products that are announced. 500px making a change to you know their upload however i have certain concerns with some of these websites you know back in the day we had magazines which we still do and how many subscriptions did you have back in the day i had popular photography i had american photographer i had i think what was it like photo district news at one time i had probably oh i say four or five. Oh, and okay they're not sponsoring us either my favorite magazine out there is rangefinder from the good folks that do, you know, WPPI, the Wedding and Portrait Photographers International Conference. That's a free magazine. I think it's rangefinderonline.com. But how many did you have back in the day? How many magazines came to the Matias household? A bunch. Uh, you know, I had I, I, I had a good number. Of, so much that every month I had enough to, to read. But the latency from the, you know, I guess the relevance of the story was always dated. You know, things happened. But the, when there was no 
blogging or you know this kind of super blogging, it wasn't an issue because that latency was factored in. But now you have these websites like Petapixel, like F-Stoppers, you know, DP Review, DIY Photography, and I have my own issues with you know on one hand these sites consider themselves to be media and they get the benefits of that, but they they don't necessarily also get held to the same standards as what I would consider to be traditional media. You know, for instance, the the whole issue of cattle farms of content where people are putting out stories that are just inane, just to basically have a new story hit the RSS feeds, you know, hopefully clicks that leads to clickbait with these, you know, inflammatory or misleading titles. And, and, and that I believe has really affected and impacted photographers in terms of having to, to sift through the, the uh, signal to noise of finding stuff that is actually useful and helpful to people versus stuff that's just there to get clicks to the website. So I would say these days, so back in the day, you'd get the magazines. It would be two to three month old news by the time you got it. But what can you do about it? There wasn't a photography channel you know, on TV. Where else did you get your news? Maybe the photography club, but then they read it in the magazines as well. So these days you get it from the petapixels and such. Where else are you going to get your news from? You're not going to necessarily go to individual people's blogs. There's not a journalist out there. There's not a business model for that, let's say. It's difficult as it is to make money online. And so you've got these ginormous sites like Petapixel that just blew up over the years. And so Michael Zhang created it, what was it? I don't know, maybe like eight or so years ago now. And it's ginormous. I mean, we're talking millions of unique visitors a month. And, you know, so you've got the whole range of topics. You have the harder news stories and the serious topics, you know, abuse allegations and just all kinds of stuff like that, uh, recalls, all the unpleasant stuff. And then you've got the lighter fare. So you've got the cat photos and the stuff that people might consider clickbaity and or more popular. So there's something for everyone is what I argue, whether or not it's a news site, whether it's journalism, things are different these days. You know, I come from the photojournalism world. Since the year 2000, half of all photojournalists are gone. Things have moved to citizen journalism, citizen journalist. And so I know, I don't speak for Petapixel, but I know from knowing the owner of Petapixel, the founder, that he takes it very seriously and tries to do the best job that he can. And it's not all about getting clicks. Obviously, it's a business, but the primary driving force is not the clicks. It's about doing good work, just like we do here on this show. Thousands of people listen to this show because we do quality work and we take it seriously. That's how Petapixel is. That's how these other sites are. Occasionally, a post gets through that someone could make the argument for being a little clickbaity, and that's fine. Whatever, if it's something a little bit more, you know, exciting and a little bit more, you know, it's not National Enquirer level. We're not talking about like three-headed monsters who take photos or something. So, you know, what I'm saying there's the it runs the gamut. There's the entire range there, whether you want to call it news or not. You and I were talking about this before. I've never been to a photography expo. I need to get out there. Just because I've got the Petapixel name associated with me, I will have special access. And that's because we are photo industry news and because we have reach. Just like people take my show, the Petapixel Photography Podcast, seriously because it's become so popular. It's one of the biggest out there on the way to being the biggest. Why is that? Because I take it seriously. I have a journalism background and I want to do a good job. That's all well and good. And I, I, 
agree, but I don't, what I don't necessarily agree with is that I just think that there, there, it's simply not possible for, okay, let's, if we want to talk about journalism or we want to talk about magazines, there were editors who you would pitch the story to, you would have to go and, you know, put your due diligence in, you would actually spell check and make sure grammar is correct. And I don't know, and I'm genuinely serious, I don't necessarily know whether that's the case here. Like, I don't know how stories are submitted, who qualifies to be a submitter, you know, or a contributor to any one of these sites. Does someone read through all of them and make sure that they're fact-checked properly? All those things. But I've seen enough stories that I, I it just drives me crazy because I don't understand how this particular story could ever have made it through an editor's desk because uh, an editor worth their weight in salt would ask, does this serve the community better as opposed to does this serve the website better? I, for one, don't get me wrong, Sharky, I completely get the business model behind these, you know, these websites. It's all about clicks. Clicks to the website increase the likelihood of clicks on the advertiser, banners and stuff like that, and affiliate links strewn within these posts. I get it. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. However, the premise in which you get people to the website, I find could stand to be overhauled. And it is, you know, I think citizen journalism is great in terms of you have that many more people who are closer to what's going on. But at the same time, journalism is a profession for a reason. So I don't know, to me, I just kind of would love to see or at least know what the standards that these websites hold their contributors to. Because, you know, let's go back, uh, which episode was it we did on Instagram, you know, story on DIYphotography.net where the author was complaining that Instagram, you know, these these huge hubs on Instagram are only sharing the work of other popular Instagrammers. Like DIY photography is a is a decently sized website. Like how is that possibly a helpful story? How did that make it through like any editor's desk? And I saw, I mean, it, 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 it was, it annoyed me so much. We actually made a segment out of it. So that's my thing. It annoyed you so much as a story that we made it a story here on the show. Yeah. Listen, I don't know what percentage of the traffic to Petapixel and these other giant blog sites come from the search engines, but Petapixel is so large, it doesn't need to put out clickbaity stuff to get people searching for whatever in Google to come over. People come and read Petapixel. See, you know, it's not that's not sustainable. People come to Petapixel because they want and these other sites because they want to hear the latest and greatest, you know, announcements of, you know, the press releases that are rewritten and uh, reviews and just curated content. And some of that is the stuff that's lighter and more fun. Like I said, it's more general appeal. There's something for everybody. But I know that Petapixel, you know, there's other sites, let's say, I'm not going to say which ones that might play a little loose and fast with that. They go for the clicks because who do they have in their sites? Petapixel, NDP review, etc. So they have to go for clicks. Petapixel goes for quality and serving its audience and that its audience is broad. I don't think anyone comes to Petapixel feeling like they were tricked into going there. Jared Poland says this a lot too. You know, he's got a lot of clickbaity titles, but when you get there, he talks about what he talked about in the clickbaity title. So it might be a great, interesting, meaty kind of title that gets you to go, oh, I want to click that. And when you get there, you either got the content you were seeking or you didn't. And when you go to Petapixel and a lot of these other sites, you get that. And you don't ever have to come back again if you don't. But guess what? Millions of people do. And it's because they enjoy the content, right? And so I get what you're saying. But you know, so you write for a magazine. I do. There's editors there, right? Sure. And so you take it seriously and it's all fact-checked, etc. That's a whole different beast 
than these blogs and such. There just there isn't the staff, there isn't the time to do the ultra ultra complete old school and it's the same thing with a lot of you know newspapers and television websites right or even just on the news fox news and cnn msnbc whatever they go with whatever they've got and if they have to issue a correction later they do that but i just i know from like i said i don't speak for petapixel but i know from knowing the owner that he takes it seriously and wants to do a conscientious job and serve the community that he loves as well as he can fair enough can't ask for much more. So do we beat that topic to death? No, I mean, I uh, I think it was covered well. What's going to replace it is what, you know, like you, you have a maybe a little bit of a problem with Petapixel and other, not a problem, but you know, like this is what is photography industry news. What's going to replace it? The magazines out there are shrinking. There are less and less of them. They're less relevant overall because by the time you get the news, it is six weeks to maybe three months old. And so it is what it is. Petapixel and everybody else that's what passes for media. Well, I mean, for me, I guess I believe that there is um, everything is cyclical. And at some point, this kind of age of this deluge of stories, one after the other, you know, that just come at you, this onslaught, I believe that that is going to become unsustainable. And what I would love to see is a return to, even if it was a premium, you know, service, but something that has like, even uh, like, for instance, medium. Medium is kind of a story. I don't know how to explain it. People share stories and and articles. They draft their content on this. It's all pretty much text based. It's like these. It's like a blogging platform, a micro blogging platform. And there's a uh, a premium version of it. I pay for that because the stories that are curated there almost always are just fantastic. The topics are interesting, and the contributors who charge for it, you know, they put extra time in because people aren't going to pay or aren't going to want to read stories that aren't good. So I would just like to see something that, you know, on Facebook, there's the Good News Network. So if you, there's just so much awful stuff in the world right now. If you want to clear your head and just kind of smile, follow the Good News Network because all they focus on is good news, like cheery, uplifting stories. So I don't know if that people can draw a parallel there, but I hope they can. All I, I would love to see is just a return to high quality content being shared. And again, that go back to the first story segment with, with the way you share your photos. So that's basically it. Uh, lest anyone think I'm some curmudgeon, you know, Brian's just not at all. You know, I, I live and die in the social sphere. I get it, but I just, I don't know, maybe I'm getting older and I just want to, my time is more precious to me. And I just want to fill it with really interesting things. As old as you are, you're not as old as me. But what you want, I don't believe is ever going to exist. And here's why. So without talking about numbers, thousands of people listen to this show. Many more thousands listen to my show, right? So while I'm further down the tracks, if I were to charge out of, we're in the five figures, very few people are going to pay. It's like Patreon. A number of people have tried Patreon, big sites, and maybe three, four hundred dollars a month they were bringing in. That's just, it's just not going to happen. That business model of paying for quality and actually making it a sustainable business is not going to happen. It would be great if it did. It would be awesome if there was a website that was doing hard, you know, photo industry, like a newspaper. Like, who's going to buy these magazines that you get? You write for one, like I said. Are people going to want to pay for that online necessarily? Why do you even get a magazine anymore? So obviously there's they're still making money the one you and what's the one you write for? So I write for Digital Photo Pro magazine and Digital Photography magazine. Okay, so you know they're making money, not the kind of money that magazines made back in the day because they've got the internet to 
you know, to compete with and the whole news cycle, like I said. So but an online kind of thing that people are going to pay for unless it's a ginormous name in the photography industry and people hear about it and want to spend a buck or two a month. It's just not going to happen. You're you're just going to have to deal with Petapixel and F-stoppers and everybody else. Sure. And, you know, let's see. Let's, I, I do believe that there, you know, things move in a cycle. And so I am interested to see how, if anything, will change over the next year or two. It'll be interesting. What I want to see is what's on your gear shelf. <laughs> Very smooth, Sharky. Um, so what's on my gear shelf is uh, as a photographer, as a travel photographer, I travel a lot. I personally love these kinds of kind of gear recommendations where it's not just a lens or a camera or something. It's this power strip. So when I'm traveling, a lot of times either I'm in the hotel or I'm in a cafe or coffee shop and there's only one outlet. So it's it's very simple. It's just this Belkin travel charger. And this is for, for US outlets. So you also, if you're traveling internationally, you'll need an international power adapter, but it takes one adapter and it turns into three plugs with also with two USB charging at high speeds. So it's something that goes with me whenever I travel. It's uh, you know, size of a of like two candy bars, two two delicious Snickers bars. And I strongly recommend photographers travel with this because the last thing you want is you know you have to charge a laptop and camera batteries and your iPhone at once, and you only there's only one plug there. So again, it's a Belkin travel charger, and it'll be linked in the show notes at onamephotoshow.com. And how much is that roughly? It's about 30, 35 bucks. Not too bad. Buy once, cry once. Take right. care of it. Don't drop it. It's probably right. not going to survive a fall. It's pretty hefty. Now, what my gear, what's on my gear shelf, since you yeah. asked what you didn't, <laughs> is because I didn't give you a chance. So that's okay. It's what I do. Mine would survive a fall, but not with what you're supposed to attach it. This is the granddaddy. This is, be, I'm going old school here. I've probably had this about 10 years. They still make these. It's been knocked off six ways to Sunday. This is pre-Gimbal. You had the DJI Osmo Mobile a few episodes ago. The DJI Osmo is for cameras and such. This is the Cam Caddy. It's oh, a rubberized, well, it's rubber and it's uh, you know, it's a little bit bendable, but it's scorpion. It looks like a scorpion. You mount your camera to it and you hold it by this handle and they've got attachments so you can have like a light and uh, other things and such like you know you can have your audio pack on there and whatever this it has feet on it so you could sit it down this is what you would use pre-gimbal and this is cheap this is maybe i don't know this might be 30 bucks i bet you can get one for about 10 15 bucks now knockoff if you can't afford a mr fancy pants gimbal in the hundreds of dollars you're not going to have a steady of shots, but you could get it done with one of these. This is what we used, myself included, back in the day to mount your camera and to shoot video and have a somewhat steady shot. And then you can use software after that to stabilize it. So you got Warp Stabilizer in Adobe Premiere, etc. And there's a bunch of plugins you can get for Final Cut Pro. And I think it has it maybe built in, etc. If you can't afford a gimbal, get one of these, do it in software later, call it good. Nice. I've never actually seen one of those before. So very interesting. So an awesome pick is you were surprised. I was. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I never saw one. I was like, what is that? It does look like a scorpion. It does. They're worth getting. It's worth having one of those because you will need it at some point. And like I said, you can probably get it for 10, 15 bucks. So I don't know. Anyhow, good episode. If I say so myself, what do you say? Yeah, I say so. Awesome. You want to clap it out? Let's do it, brother. We got to tell people, though, we didn't do it last episode with Brian K. Not Brian. That's you. That's me. Matt K. 
We didn't say where you can find us. We nonamephotoshow.com. Obviously, you found this podcast if you're listening to it. Where can people find you? That's true. We did not. We failed to mention. So for Matt, you can go to mattk.com, M-A-T-T-K.com. This is for episode 17. Uh, and for me, my website is matias.com, M-A-T-I-A-S-H. And on social, I'm Brian Matias or at Brian Matias everywhere, B-R-I-A-N-M-A-T-I-A-S-H. Sharky, how about you? You can find me, of course, the Petapixel Photography Podcast, petapixel.com slash podcast. My website is lensshark.com. I'm Lensshark everywhere on social media. And what do you say we clap it out? I like it. Let's do it. On the count of three. Ready? One, two. Nice. Nice. Good job. Love you, brother. I love you, too. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the No Name Photo Show. Sharky and I would be thrilled if you would subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using and tell a friend. So how about we do this again next episode? Yeah, let's do that. 